All right, how's everybody doing so far? Good, it's really cool to hear you praying and uh, singing today. Sounds really good, great, and uh, we're glad you're here. And if you would, uh, just kind of as a reminder, get on Realm at some point, not during the sermon, of course, um, but get on Realm at some point and update your profile. Put a new picture of you in there. Uh, give us your skills and interests and all that good stuff if you're on Realm. Maybe do that sometime today, you know, during the Super Bowl, I don't know, whatever. Uh, we, we would love to have that updated. Um, if you'd like to give an offering, uh, you, can, you can do so by leaving an offering. If you brought a physical offering, uh, we have boxes on the walls by the exits. As you go out, you can leave your offering in there. Uh, but if you didn't bring an offering and would love to give an offering, you can go online to our website at hcchrist.org and click on the giving link and give there. We had a great time at our Super Bowl party last night. Uh, yeah, somebody had a really great time. <laughs> and I have to tell you, uh, Chris Thomas is the winner again of the chili cook-off. Did you, you, you brought your trophy even. It's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. I, 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 teased him, I teased him last night. I was going to say, would you come up and give a little speech? But he didn't want to do that. So <laughs> really good chili. He does a nice job with his chili. So uh, if you missed it, well, you'll have to wait another year, I think, if we do it again next year. So we had a really good time. Anyway, let's jump into the uh, sermon uh, this morning, we're, uh, again, we're in this series called Hope Found Here, and uh, you know, we want Hilliard Church of Christ to be a place where people can find hope, uh, because out in the world, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of things you can put your hope in, right? Now, we don't want you, we don't want to put you, we don't want you to put your hope in a church, uh, but we want you to find hope in our church, in Jesus Christ, hope in Jesus Christ, right? And so, uh, this whole year, we're kind of centering around this theme of, of hope being found in the cross of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, in this series, we're talking about our vision, mission, and values. And our vision tells us why we exist. We exist to become a, a church of real people finding real hope, right? Um, we know that pretty well. We say that quite a bit around here. And that's what we really want to become. How we do this is in our mission statements. We do it with um, uh, unconditional love, <clears throat> uncomfortable generosity, and unwavering commitment. All right, we've talked about those already. And then our values tell us what we do. Again, they're not everything that we do here at Hillier Church of Christ, but these are four that we're kind of focused in on and kind of center things around. Uh, and that they spell out, or each statement spells out the word hope, right? So H for honoring one another, O for obeying God's word, P for preparing future leaders, and E, uh, expecting spiritual growth. And so those are our vision, vision, mission, and values. This morning we're on the value of obeying God's word. We believe that God's word is very important, don't we? Most of us, I think. But I'll show you some statistics here in a, in a minute that may say otherwise. They're kind of astounding. Maybe not surprising, but they're kind of like eye-opening, if you will. Um, there's a story about a, a, a lady who traveled a lot for her job, um, and she, she was always on a plane going somewhere. And she was very nervous about flying all the time, and so she would take her Bible with her to read on the plane uh, and to help her relax. And so on one particular flight, she, uh, of course, grabbed her Bible and started to read it. And the man sitting next to her kind of snickered and, and just kind of chuckled at her and said, you don't really believe everything that's written in that book, do you? And she says, well, of, of course I do. It's, it's the Bible, right? And so he says, well, what about, what about that guy who was swallowed by a, a whale? And she's like, 
He's like, do you believe that? And he's like, and she says, well, yeah, it's, it's in the Bible. Of course I believe that story is true and real. And, he's, and so uh, the man asked her, well, how do you suppose this man, Jonah, survived in the belly of this whale for so long, for so many days, three days, right? And she says, well, I never really thought about that. I don't know. Um, I guess I'll ask him when I get to heaven. And he says, well, what if he's not in heaven? And she retorted back and said, well, then you can ask him. <laughs> Thank you for laughing at that. <laughs> uh, man, the Bible is just so important, and, it, and it's so real, right? Um, let me show you these statistics. Uh, these these two organizations, Barna and Gallup, uh, did some surveys. In 2021, they found that just half of all Americans actually opened the Bible in any given week, just half of, of Americans. Uh, almost a third of all Americans actually never used the Bible. They don't even open it up, right? This one uh, is kind of eye-opening. Only 16% of, the, of Americans read the Bible most days during the week, only 16%. In the Gallup survey in 2022, they found that 20% of Americans, only 20% of Americans say that the Bible is the literal word of God, 20%. And then almost a third of Americans say that the Bible is just a collection of fables and stories and just precepts that man wrote down. So what do we believe about the Bible, really? Here at Hillier Church of Christ, we believe that the Bible is the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God. It, it is actually from God's mouth, breathed into man, written down. It, we believe that it is the final authority in uh, all matters of faith and practice of our lives, and it is trustworthy in its teachings. This is what we believe. And because we believe this, then the Bible ought to be a part of our everyday lives. Like we ought to be in it every single day. If we really believe that, we will be, won't we? Hebrews 4.12, again, Lyle shared in the communion meditation there. It is living and effective. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow and it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Word of God is unlike any other book in all of history because it is the Word of God. It is God spoken, and it is the most powerful book ever written. In the book of Acts, um, we read about the early church uh, coming together every day. They were together every day, meeting in the temple courts, going from house to house. They met every day, and it says in Acts chapter 2 that they were devoted to, number one, the apostles' teaching, right? They were devoted to that. Now, back then, they didn't have the Bible as we have it today, right? And so the church would gather to hear from the apostles who spent time with Jesus, learning from Jesus, and they would teach the new believers all these things that Jesus taught them, and they also taught things as they were directed by the Holy Spirit. And so, of course, these apostles and some other guys, they, they started writing these down and sending letters to churches and stuff, and so we get the Bible. But back then, the church was committed. They were dedicated. They were devoted to hearing a word from the Lord through the apostles. And, I, I, you know, that, that's just devotion. Their, their goal was, I'm going to show up to church today, if you will. I'm going to go to this person's 
believer's house, or I'm going to go down to the temple course, we're going to meet as a church because I want to hear a word from God. They were devoted to that. Could you imagine? They showed up ready to hear a message from the Lord. Ready. I wonder how many of us come to worship every Sunday. Ready and eager to hear a word from the Lord, right? Do we really, or is it just something we check off the box, you know? Do we come ready to hear from a word from the Lord? Some of you may be familiar with uh, Wayne Cordero, a minister of um, a church in um, Hawaii. They run around 15,000 or so, I think, in their worship services. Wayne Cordero um, took a trip to China just a few years ago uh, to spend some time with 22 underground ministers from China uh, and Bible study and training them, you know, to be better ministers, if you will. And, And so these 22 ministers, 18 of whom had been imprisoned for their faith, as you imagine, imprisoned for their faith. These 22 ministers took a a, a 13-hour train ride to to sit at Wayne Cordero's feet, if you will, for eight hours. Could you imagine eight hours in a Bible study? Like, Jeremy, you got an hour. Go. I gotta get home. I got a roast on, right? Um, Eight hours to sit at Wayne Cordero's feet. So Wayne asked them, uh, what would happen if the government found us studying the Bible today, right now? And so they told Wayne, they said, well, you know, if, uh, if they found us studying the Bible together, uh, the government would deport you within 24 hours back to the United States, and the rest of us, we would be arrested and put right into a, a Chinese prison for the, for the next three years. And that's the cost of being a Christian in China. So, you know, that's eye-opening. And then later on in the the, uh, study together, uh, Cordero asked um, the participants to open their Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. And uh, he noticed when he he said the scripture verse, uh, he noticed a woman hand her Bible to the person next to her. And uh, he thought, well, that's odd. So he asked everyone to read the passage out loud. And she noticed that the woman had that passage recited, memorized, and she recited it from memory. And he found this interesting. So during a break, he, he went to the woman, and he asked her about this. And she, she told Wayne that uh, uh, when you're in prison, in a, in a Chinese prison, uh, Christians smuggle in little note papers with scriptures inscribed on these little pieces of paper. But if the guards find these papers, they confiscate them and throw them away. So she, she told Wayne, uh, we try to memorize these scriptures as fast as we can because we don't know how long we're going to have them. She said, even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what's hidden in your heart. You know, so I, I wonder, what would it look like if we had that kind of hunger for the Word of God? I mean, really, like we just soaked it in and it became a part of our everyday existence, right? So this morning, and we're talking about obeying God's word, uh, but it's kind of tough to obey God's word if we don't read it and get into it, right? So I want to talk about uh, just five benefits of reading God's word, the Bible, on a daily basis. Hopefully it'll inspire us maybe all to get into the scriptures, right? Because if statistics are true here as they are in America... (laughs) Only 16% of us spend any significant time in the scriptures. 
and that breaks my heart. I, I want to be known as a church who reads our Bible. Okay. So let me try to inspire you this morning. Let the Holy Spirit move you, hopefully, right, uh, to read your, your Bibles. Number one, if we're reading from our Bible every day, then we will have the power to overcome temptations. We'll have the power to overcome temptations. We see this play out in Matthew chapter 4, right, when uh, Satan came to Jesus to tempt him. And we know that Jesus uh, defeated Satan. How did he defeat Satan? Well, he used scriptures, right? As, as a Jewish boy, Jesus would have had uh, uh, most of the Old Testament memorized by the age of 13. And, uh, that's what the Jews did. They just memorized the scriptures. They knew them from memory. And so Jesus uses scriptures to overcome uh, uh, Satan's temptations. And I love in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, after all this happens, it says, Matthew records it, it says, then the devil left him. Isn't that cool? The devil left him. Like, I think about some of us maybe in this room, um, we struggle every day from the temptations that Satan brings against us, man. And it's a battle. And, uh, and day in and day out, we're, uh, we're just bombarded by whatever Satan is trying to bring against us. It's a relentless attack, if you will. The Apostle Paul describes this in Romans chapter 7 about this battle between the flesh and the spirit, right? And he says this, for I know that nothing good lives in me. You ever feel like that? I'm just like an evil person, right? He says that is in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me. You get that, right? I want to do what's right. But there's no ability to do it. For I do not do the good that I want to do. But I practice the evil that I don't want to do. Can you identify with that? Like, man, I, I want to do what's right. But there's this struggle. It's the old cartoon, right? Devil on one side, angel on the other going back and forth trying to get you to do right or do evil, right? Oh, what am I going to do? So this battle is constantly going on. If you want the devil to leave you, start quoting scriptures, right? Uh, uh, Psalm 119.11, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I've treasured that in my heart so that I, I won't sin, Right? God's word gives us the power to overcome temptations and causes the devil to flee and leave us. Number two, if I read my Bible every day, then I, I will have direction and clarity for my future. It will help me figure it out, right? A lot of Christians, they'll say, man, I just, I just wish I knew what God's will is for my life. Right? I just wish God would, would let me know what, what's my purpose. Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? I wish God would just come and tell me what I'm supposed to I hear Christians say this all the time, right? It's not bad. But if we really want to know what God's will is for our life, we don't have to look very far. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. It directs me what to do, where to go, how to be. I don't have to wonder what is God's will for my life. I just get in the scriptures and it tells me. A few years ago, uh, one of my friends... I was talking about, you know, as you get older, uh, you have to get up several times in the evening to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so one of my friends was telling me just a couple of years ago, uh, he would get up in the middle of the night. He's getting tired of, of stubbing his toe on the corner of the bed and slamming his knee against the dressers and making all this noise and waking up his wife, and she'd get mad at him. It was like this big ordeal, right? So he bought a, one of those um, motion-censored uh, nightlights, and now he can get up and, and go to the bathroom anytime he wants without making a bunch of noise, right? 
I wonder how many, how many of us are, are fumbling our way through life because we're not in the scriptures. We're, we're just kind of, it's like we're walking in the dark and with no clear purpose or direction. We're just making a bunch of noise. Man, if we get in the scriptures, it tells us God's word lights our way in the dark and it gives us a clear path to walk. So it shows us where to go. Number three, reading from the Bible every day, it gives me freedom. It gives me freedom. So in John chapter 8, Jesus once again, you know, he's, he's at it with the Pharisees and, you know, the relig- religious leaders of the day. And, you know, these guys think, man, if I just if I just wear the right clothes and I show up at the temple at the right time and, you know, I say the right prayers, I say the right words and, you know, uh, I do all the duties that I, I'm supposed to do and check off the list, right? If I do all this, then maybe God will accept me, right? This is how the Pharisees live. And I wonder, how, many, how often do we live like that? You know, if I just go to church every Sunday and I wear the right clothes and, and you know, I, I, say the, I say the right words and I pray the right prayers and I do the right things, you know, maybe God will accept me. You ever feel like that in, in your walk with Jesus? That doesn't sound like freedom, does it? Not really. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of slavery to, to a, a list of do's and don'ts. And while the Bible has do's and don'ts, right, as you read it, it gives us freedom. And what do I mean by that? Well, Jesus says in John chapter 8, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. He says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's freedom in that. Because the overarching theme of the Bible is not, not a list of do's and don'ts. Yeah, they're in there. But the overarching theme of the Bible is the redemptive work of Jesus Christ from beginning to end, right? It's, it's all about his grace and mercy and forgiveness. And, and Paul says, man, it's not by works you're saved, right? It's by grace. And so there's freedom that comes be, as a result of that, right? Uh, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 2, that we have been set free from the law of sin and death. So as I read my scriptures, I realize, man, it's not just about do this and do this and don't do this and don't. It is about my freedom that I have in Christ. And so I do or don't do because of what Christ has done for me. I love him. And there's freedom in that. It's not about religion, right? We say this a lot. It's not about religion. It's about the relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. There's freedom in that. And I understand that more as I read my Bible. Number four, reading from the Bible every day leads me to become prosperous and successful. Doesn't sound great. I read my Bible. I'm going to be prosperous and successful. Amen? Oh, you guys are like, I'm already prosperous and successful. I love that, right? Now, we have to be careful here, right? Um, some preachers will tell you, man, if you read your Bible every day and go to church and do the right things and give your money away, right, God will bless you financially, right? There are preachers that are out there that will preach that through and through. I, I am not promising that will happen to you, okay? I have not baptized anybody yet, and they come out of the baptistry and a, and a, and a pile of cash just falls in their laps. That's not happened yet. 
But I have seen Christians who are, I mean, devoted to Jesus, uh, follow him wholeheartedly, and, and God has blessed their lives. Maybe financially, right? But I've seen marriages healed. I've seen relationships reconciled. Um, I've seen people miraculously healed from diseases and things like that. I've seen, I've seen people who uh, they find peace in the midst of all the garbage going on in their lives, death, whatever, hunger. I mean, they, they just they have this sense of peace about them because they follow Jesus and they get it, right? And so, and so we've got to be careful here. When we read our Bibles, we'll be prosperous and successful. What, what, so what, how? Why? What, how does this, what does this happen? Well, if you go back to Moses after Moses died, um, Joshua uh, became the leader of the Jewish people, right? And, and so his job now, they've got to cross the Jordan River and go into the Promised Land and conquer it. And you can imagine Joshua being a young man, um, uh, maybe he's nervous about this. Because uh, like three or four times in Joshua chapter 1, God's like, hey, be strong and be courageous. Right? He just reminds him, just be strong. You're going to be all right. And then, he, and then God tells him this. He says, above all, uh, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success, right, wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Do you imagine talking about the Word of God every day, all the time? He's, Don't let it depart from your mouth. You are to meditate it on it even day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and where and whatever you do. Right now, I know this promise is for Joshua, but man, when God speaks, we listen, don't we? If we get into the Word of God, we'll find prosperity, we'll find success. Again, it may not be financially, but it may be. You never know. But we will learn how to do what is right and what is wrong uh, and, and, and um, uh, please God in everything that we do. In the things that really matter, we'll be successful and prosperous, right? So read it daily. Get into it. Meditate on it. Obey what it says, right? And that leads me to this last one, number five. Uh, it'll help me to live God's way. It'll help me to live God's way. I'll be able to obey what it says. Second Timothy 3, all Scripture is inspired by God. There it is. It's God-breathed, right? It's profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped, for every good work. No matter what I'm going through in my life, God's word helps me through it. It has the answer. It teaches me how to live for Jesus. It inspires me to be authentic, to be genuine, to be a real person, if you will, right? It strengthens marriages. It reconciles relationships. It, it's God's love story. From beginning to end, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, right? It shows us that, and it shows us how to get to heaven. I like this, right? It shows us how to get to heaven. Somebody once quick, quipped one time that b the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. I love that, right? I mean, you know, it's so simple. It's not Max Lucado. It's not C.S. Lewis. It's not Andy Stanley. It's not Mark Moore. Sorry, Carmen. <laughs> it's not Beth Moore. 
the, and don't get me wrong, I, I love these authors, right? I think, I think they can be inspiring and motivating uh, to help us live better lives for Jesus Christ, right? But these are, let me, I'll just put it this way, they're snack foods, right? They're snack foods. They're great to get into and listen and be inspired by, but they're sna- you can't live on snack foods, though. Real nourishment comes from God's Word, the Bible. That's what we got to get into, right? I, I say, I've said quite often here, right? We can't just feast on God's Word on Sunday morning and then expect to live the rest of the week without it, right? N- none of you, I don't think, are going to go home this afternoon and eat a big meal and say, oh, that's it, I'm done for the week. You might feel like that in the moment, right? But I guarantee you, you're going to be eating something tonight because, you know, Super Bowl. Um, let's get into the Word of God. Let's see what it says for our lives. It has the words of life and nourishment for our soul. I'll close with uh, some findings from another research project that was done. The Center for Bible Engagement, um, they researched people who engage in the Scriptures uh, four or more times a week. Now think about your daily life. How often do you read the Bible? Okay, so if you read the Bible four or more times a week, um, they found that... uh, their lives looked radically different from those who don't read the scriptures that, that often, okay? In fact, they found that Christians who don't engage in the Bible most days of the week, four days or more, if they engage less than that, what they found is that their lives look pretty much statistically the same as people's lives in the world. There's no distinction, all right? So think about that. They just kind of blend in with society. So uh, what they found is that a person who engages in his or her Bible at least four times a week is 228% more likely to share their faith with others, 407% more likely to memorize Scripture, 59% less likely to view pornography, and 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. I would encourage you to go to the website. There's some really good articles on there, but these are like the big four that uh, they report on. I don't know about you, but I want my life to look better, to overcome the temptations that Satan brings against me. I want to be prosperous and successful, right? I want to live for Jesus every day. How am I going to do it? I've got to get into God's Word. James chapter 1 says, uh, don't just read the Scriptures, do what it says. He goes on to say, uh, but the one who looks <clears throat> in... <clears throat> Excuse me, the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom, there's that freedom word again, and perseveres in it. So if you read your Bible and you keep getting after it and you're studying it, right? And, and then he says, if you're not a forgetful hearer but a doer who, who works, this person will be blessed in what he does. How many of you are going to go home this week and read at least four days? Get into it, right? Father in heaven, thank you so much for our time together this morning to come into this place and to, and to worship you and to lift up our voices in song and prayer, uh, to remember Jesus and his sacrifice for our lives, uh, to hear a word from you, Lord. Help us every week to come ready to hear that word. And then every day, Lord, help us to sit at your feet with the scriptures open, ready to hear what you have to say for our lives, that we may glorify you and honor you with everything we say and do in our lives. Let us become known as a church that reads our Bible and lives by it and and is distinctive in this world so that we can make a difference for you and that you would grow our church. In Jesus' name I pray.
uh, in our time of uh, response, as always, if you'd like to come up and talk with me, I'll be over here by the cross. Ted's in the back if you'd like to see him. So we have both elders in the room. Um, feel free to come and see one of us. We'd love to talk with you about your relationship with Jesus. Confess him as your Lord and Savior. Repent, be immersed. We all got to hear a brand new person today. So let's stand together. If that's you, come see one of us.